Well, good morning. Welcome to the jar. My name is Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here to worship with us today. Um, if you are a middle school student, and um, we have an amazing experience for you, and Don is waiting um, over by the doors, and we uh, invite you to go attend that experience right now. Um, also, I have a video that I want to um, show to you. Um, so if you like to hold babies, if you want to pass out programs, then we have an amazing opportunity for you. There's an amazing opportunity ahead of us as we're moving to the Civic next month. Um, by moving there, it provides us many opportunities to serve in different areas, um, and we'll be able to reach so many more people, and we're so excited about the move. Um, in your program, you have a card that looks like this. It says volunteer at the top of it. Um, if you didn't get one, just raise your hand, and one of our greeters will bring one to you. Um, but on this card, it shows you all of the different areas that um, we have needs um, where you have the opportunity to serve. Um, so Jar Kids um, is our children's area, six weeks through fifth grade. Um, we have our hospitality team, um, our media and sound team, our setup and teardown team. Um, we also, at the Civic, a new team that we're going to have is a parking team. Um, we will have people out to help make sure that everybody gets safely across um, the, the highway there to make sure that everyone is safe. Um, so we do have a parking team, um, a medical team, and then also our student ministries team, which meet on Sunday evenings. Um, so there's plenty of opportunities. There are plenty of needs, um, all kinds of areas um, that you're able to um, get involved with and get connected. Um, if you have been coming for a while and you have not served, now is the time to do so. Um, as I said, there are many new opportunities once we get to the Civic to serve and to reach more people and um, show everybody um, God's love. So I'll give you a couple minutes right now to fill out the card, and then at the end of the celebration, you can put it in the offering bag as it goes by. Okay, if you can uh, continue to fill out that card, uh, that would be great, and um, we really could use your help. Um, this is kind of the time where we have all hands on deck, and so uh, if you've never served before, uh, don't stand on the sideline. Uh, get to help in one way. Again, it's only once a month uh, that we're asking you to serve. Uh, over November, December, January, and so it'd be a great way to kind of bless us. And if you're one of those people who are like, I don't really know if they need me, uh, we do. Uh, we need your help and uh, would encourage you to uh, continue to fill that out. Um, she didn't say it, but I know uh, worship team uh, was not mentioned, but we do need people uh, on that team. And so uh, I know how musicians are. Sometimes they're very, very uh, introverted and they don't want to let people know. Uh, we promise we won't put you uh, on the stage the first time. Uh, there'll be uh, some opportunities to kind of do that. So if you are gifted uh, as a musician, we'd encourage you to do that as well. Um, well, let's open with a prayer, and uh, then we'll jump in. Well, God, we uh, thank you so much for this day. And right now, through the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and move and have your way. God, would you be with each person who's here? Help them to hear the thing that they need to hear most. And I also just ask, God, that you would be with your servant now to allow him to speak words that would encourage and build up and challenge us that we might be a blessing to the people around us. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd come in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, my name's Chris, and we are in the middle of a series on confidence. And the reality is we all want to be confident and we all want to sound confident. But the truth is, is that as we go through life, sometimes what typically happens is that confidence kind of gets beaten out of us. So we've learned in this series that 
even if confidence is something that you struggle with, and you're not sure if you can have enough, you can always be confident because you can always be confident in God. And you know, uh, I've really appreciated this series because uh, the truth about me is that I'm not always confident. And there are times in which I listen to the evil one who says, well, you're not enough, or you can't make it, or you can't do this. And sometimes I have a tendency to give in to my own fear and self-doubt and false confidence. A few years ago, I was at a church conference where there were pastors and uh, people from different congregations, and I was walking through a hallway when someone came up to me and said, Hey, you're Chris Bunch. Kind of put my chest out a little bit, and I'm like, Yes, I am. And uh, they said, Well, you actually preached at our church one time. I got my chest out a little bit more, and I'm like, wow, I've changed these people's lives. They're getting ready to just tell me what I've done, and I'm feeling pretty confident uh, about myself. So I had my chest out, and then they said, but you know what? You don't have as good a speaking voice as your dad. And all of a sudden, I just went like this. And I lost my confidence, and I was right back where I started. Well, in this series of confidence, we've been looking at a character who didn't have much confidence. And part of it was, is because he came from a very dysfunctional family. Many of us can relate because our families have a dysfunction as well. And you might remember that this guy's name was Jacob. His story's in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. And uh, Jacob had a family in which his father loved his older brother Esau a lot, and his favorite was Esau, and he let Jacob know. And Jacob was his mom's favorite. Jacob was a mama's boy. And mom finally got tired of the older son, Esau, and she plotted with Jacob for a way for Jacob to receive the inheritance of the whole family, to steal Esau's inheritance. And he does this. He steals his inheritance, and when Esau loses that, all of a sudden he gets very upset, and he says, I'm going to get even with my brother. And Esau then determines that he will kill his brother one day for stealing his own inheritance. And when Jacob hears about this, you might remember, we're told that Jacob was one who liked to stay inside the house. He wasn't a hunter. Esau was a hunter. And so he's a mama's boy, and he's very sensitive. And so when he finds out his brother's coming after him, he runs away, and he leaves. And eventually, he's all by himself. He has no one else, and he lands at his uncle's house, a guy by the name of Laban. And it's there that Jacob starts his own dysfunctional family. Because this is the truth, folks. When we don't deal with the past, the past always finds a way of coming into our present. Let me say that again. When you don't deal with your past, the past always has a way of coming into your present. And last week we learned that Jacob goes to his uncles and he sees a couple of women and he marries both of them and he gets totally confused. And these two women are so jealous of one another that they start to Uh, try to have this child-bearing competition. 
Their names were Rachel and Leah. And they're trying to have as many children as they can because in that culture, if you had more children, you were considered a blessed woman. And they get to the point that not only are they trying to have children, but they get their maids to have children for Jacob as well. And there's like this baby child-bearing competition. Yes, it's in the Bible, folks, okay? Some of you are like, what kind of church is this? This was the first time. No, it's true. It was there. And they're doing all of this, and it just gets everything very, very messy. It's kind of like Jerry Springer meets the real housewives of the Bible, okay? It's like, Jerry, Jerry, you know? But they're all saying, Jacob, Jacob, how much more messed up can you be, Jacob, than what you are right now? And yet, even though he's royally messed up, this is what we find. That God still comes to him, because this is the truth, folks. God comes to you most when when you're at your greatest disappointment. When you're struggling with a disappointment in your life, or you feel like a disappointment, and maybe some of you are there today, I feel like a disappointment because of some of the things I've done. That's when God wants to come closest to you. And God comes to him in multiple visions, and he reminds him, Jacob, you're not just anyone, you're my Jacob. And remember, I have granted you a promise, a promise to bless your life. And this all begins with his grandfather, a guy by the name of Abram, who eventually becomes Abraham. His name's changed. And one day, God came to Abraham before Jacob was ever even thought of, and he gives him this unique promise and We'll learn about this in Genesis chapter 12. It'll come on the side screen. So this is Jacob's grandfather, Abraham. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whenever someone curses you, I will curse them. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now there is a root root word that is used more than any other in this particular passage. What's the word? Blessed. Blessed. God wants to bless Abraham, and he says, then I want to bless your family, and then from your family, I'm going to bless the entire world. God wants to bless. And bless is a very kind of special word, and it's defined this way, to will and to work for the good of another. Think about that. God wants to will and work for the good of this man named Abraham, and not just him, but everyone that will come down his lineage. And God repeats the same blessing when it comes to Abraham's son, a guy by the name of Isaac, who is Jacob's dad. So grandpa gets blessed and then Isaac, my dad gets blessed. This is what it says. God says, I will be with you and I will what? What's it say? Bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on the earth will be what? Blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, 
keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. And so here you have this blessing that starts with Grandpa, Abraham, and now it's going to Jacob's dad, Isaac. Now, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, they had in these yearbooks, elementary, middle school, high school, a little place where at the end of the year it would say, most likely to succeed. Now, I always wanted my picture on that uh, place where it said, Chris Bunch, most likely to succeed. It never happened, okay? Uh, And it just never happened. But think about it. Uh, Many of us were like, we want to be most likely to succeed, but this is such a bigger accomplishment and a gift. The God of the universe comes and he promises this entire family, including Jacob, that we're going to talk about today, to bless them. It's not just, hey, you're going to succeed. You're going to be blessed by the God who created everything. And just imagine little Jacob when he's sitting there and he's looking to grandpa and he's kind of looking to his dad and they're saying, hey, remember, Jacob, you're going to be a part of this blessing, this whole concept of these four words they would tell him over and over again. I will bless you. That's what God has said to us, Jacob, that he will bless you. And this kind of leads us to our big idea this morning, and it's this. God wants to bless you to bless others. God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. Now, it's very interesting the way that God starts it all. He he says to all of them, I will bless you, and it's at the end of their story too. But again, this was a messed up family, dysfunctional. I mean, by the time you got to the third generation, you would have thought God would have said something like this. I'm going to evaluate you first. I'm going to judge you. I'm going to be mean to you because of some of the things you've done. And he doesn't do that. He even goes to the third generation, even though the first two had messed up and says, hey, I will bless you. Not because of anything you've done, but because of who I am. Because of who I am, I will bless you. And I want to bless you so that you can then bless others. In fact, there are two promises that God kind of gives to Jacob in this passage. And here's the first one. And we've already talked about it. I will bless you. God promises to Jacob, hey, I don't care what happened with your grandfather or your dad, but I am going to bless you. And it's amazing. You know, for many of us, when we think about God blessing someone, we think, oh, that's in the Old Testament. Or that's in the Bible. That's for Bible people. But that's not for present day for me. And God could never bless me. I mean, when I look up at my past and the things that I've done, or you might say, when I look at my own family system, how is it that God could ever bless me? Or if he did bless me, I bet there's a whole bunch of conditions that are connected to this. I'll bless you if you read your Bible every single morning and night, if you pray, if you go to church, if you do this, if, if, if you do this, then I'll do something else. And this is kind of the world that we live in, folks. We live in an if-then world. If you do this, then I'll do that. That's the way the world works. If you're talented, if you're successful, if you're deemed attractive, then you'll be loved. 
then you'll be accepted. Then you'll be embraced. I uh, find myself doing this sometimes uh, in my relationship with my wife, Jennifer, is I'll do an if-then kind of thing. We'll get in an argument, a little tiff. We never do that, by the way, because I am a godly man. Just like every day, okay? And so we get in this tiff and the argument. And in my head, I don't always say it out loud. Sometimes I do. But most of the time I don't. But I'll think to myself, if you would only listen to me, if you would just kind of get off your soapbox and understand what I'm trying to tell you, if you would do this, then I would come around and I would forgive you. Then I could be a better husband. Then I could be a better father. If, Jennifer, you would just do this, then I'll do that. Now, how, how many of you think that's working very well? Uh, not so much. And there is this if-then relationship that we have with everybody in our world. Whether you're married, you're dating, your kids, grandkids, boss, whoever, there's always an if-then, except in one relationship. And that's what Jacob found out. Because a promise that uh, God gave to Jacob was this, no if-then in my relationship with you. There is no if-then in my relationship with you. Because remember, Jacob, remember every single person here at the jar this morning, Remember, before if then ever comes, you need to know simply this. I will bless you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to fly straighter. You don't have to work harder. There's no having to prove something. I simply want you to know that I will bless you. I'll give you my grace. I'll give you my love. I'll give you my forgiveness. You don't have to earn it. And you would think that a person who his whole lineage has been, hey, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you, that this particular person would actually, this Jacob guy, he would actually then be a person who would be confident. But he's not. I bless you should bring the best out in him. But it doesn't. And what we find is a man who is not full of faith, who is not full of confidence. Instead, he's gripped by fear. He's clinging to what he thinks his blessing should be. So he tricks his brother out of his inheritance and his birthright. Now, you need to understand this because we talk about this and it might just fly by you. This is what would happen in the ancient world. If you were the oldest son, you got two-thirds of everything. One-third then was split up between all the rest of the kids. So if you're the oldest, you get two-thirds of everything. All the other 10, 11 kids, 12, whatever, they get one-third split up between them. And Jacob had stolen this away from his brother. So he tricks Esau. He deceives his father. He receives the family blessing. And Jacob is like, look what I'm getting, look what I'm getting. And this is the thing, he misunderstands grace. Jacob thinks, well, if God wants to bless me, let him do that, then I can have this, I can have that, I can have the other thing. And when that happens, then our lives become more and more about holding things tightly and clinging to them rather than having open hands that are willing to give stuff away. 
You might remember, Jacob's name actually means grabber or deceiver. He, he's grabbing on, he's holding tight to it all. And it doesn't just come out when he has bad behavior, but it's like in the essence of who Jacob is. It's his DNA. It's the evidence, even when he has personal and private moments, just with God. For example, after he runs away from home and he's by himself, he comes to God and this is the conversation we have. Then Jacob made a vow saying, what's the first word? If, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking, and if he will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all of that you give me, then I will give you a tenth. Look at this if-then conversation. Who's the one that is leading the conversation? God to Jacob or Jacob to God? It's Jacob to God, right? Jacob's the one that's saying, if you do this, then I'll do that, God. If you'll do this, then I'll do that. God, if you'll do this, then I'll be faithful. If you do this, then I'll follow you. Now, we never do this, do we? We never do this. We never go to God and say, God, if you do this, then... This is what will happen. I mean, you've never heard anyone ever say this before, have you? God, if you give me that promotion, then I'll give to the church. Or, God, if you'll give me this relationship, I'll be a person of integrity. God, if you'll bless me with this, then I'll do something for you. And notice that his whole prayer is this if-then, if-then. Why? So that he can be safe. It says, so that I can return in safety. He's not worried about his, uh, reconciliation with his brother Esau. He's not concerned about reconciling his whole family. He just wants to be safe, and he wants to have all of his stuff. Does anyone ever feel like it's God's job to keep you safe? God, if you'll do this, then I'll do something else. And whatever cost it is, we have that tendency to ask. Then look at how Jacob kind of concludes his prayer. He says, and God, just in case, just in case you were wanting to know, like, what piece of the puzzle you're going to get, and what is this in for you, and what percentage you're going to get, I want you to know I'm going to give you 10% of everything that I have. Folks, you know what that is? That's not a tithe. You know what that is? That's a tip. That's a tip. That's not a tithe. Because for three generations, God has been saying, I'll bless you, I'll bless you, I'll bless you, I'll bless you. And finally, you know, Jacob's like, hey, God, I just want you to know I'm pretty generous. You've given me all this stuff. And guess what? I'm going to give you 10%. And God looks down at Jacob and he's like, boy, you're so generous. I mean, I can't believe it. You're being that generous, really? Well, Jacob becomes so consumed with the words, I will bless you, I will bless you, that year after year, decade after decade, God keeps blessing him, and he gets more stuff and more stuff, and he's wealthy, and he's extremely 
wealthy and he has property and he has all kinds of prosperity. And you would think that if there's a person who has a lot of wealth, that they would have such a blessed life, that they'd go through life and they'd be at ease and they'd be at calm and they would have a freedom that goes through their life. That you would be relaxed. You'd be comfortable. You'd be confident because of what you have. That's not what we find. Later in the story, God calls Jacob to return home. And you think, oh, this is Jacob's chance. He can actually say, hey, I'm going to reconcile my family. I'm going to be the first one to go up to my brother and say, hey, you know what? I did you so wrong. You're going to have everything that I have, whatever you want to do. But he's not concerned about his family. You know what he's concerned about? His stuff. Because we've got to get our stuff and keep our stuff. And then we get, you know, uh, storage units to put all our stuff in. Because we have so much stuff that we can't keep in our house. And we just have stuff. And Jacob's like, I have all this stuff and I don't want to give it away. And so he comes up with a plan. And here it is. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups. So it's like this whole community, large group. I'm going to break them into two, and the flocks and the herds and the camels as well. He thought if Esau comes and attacks one group, the other group that is left may escape. Now, at first, when you read this, you're like, oh, he's being smart. This is like a generous guy, right? Like he's going to do this. Folks, a real man in this culture would have been the one that was leading the whole group. He's behind all the group, and he says, I'm going to go actually going to separate them. I'm going to put them in two different camps. And the reason he does this is not because he's generous. This is the reason he does it. If one of the groups gets wiped out, at least I'll still have half my stuff. I'll go to whichever one Esau doesn't attack. And Jacob is very calculating about his stuff. I bet there's no one here that is ever calculating about your stuff. My girls got these little teddy bears from Vermont. Never buy a teddy bear from Vermont because they cost way too much money. And this week, they both were arguing over which teddy bear they were going to have and take when we went somewhere this weekend because it was their stuff. Starts with teddy bears, folks. And it goes up to a lot of things. And he's calculating. He's not generous. I mean, God doesn't look down at him and go, Whoa, you're so generous. Now you're going to split them up. Oh, that's great. And we see this pattern in his prayer over and over again. In fact, there's some scholars that say, you know, when you look at Jacob, it's not about him praying. It's about him trying to manipulate or to bargain with God. Look at what happens in this next one. Then Jacob prayed, Oh God, my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Oh Lord. And you're like, Oh, this is good. He's like, he's open to it. And then look what happens. Oh Lord, who said to me, Go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. God, just in case you forgot, remember what you told me. You were going to make me prosper. I am unworthy of the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. 
I had only my staff when I crossed the Jordan, but now I have become two groups. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers and their children. But you have said, God, I will surely make you prosper, and you will make your descendants like the sands of the sea, which cannot be consumed. Now, again, this sounds very nice at first. It sounds like Jacob's having a good conversation with God. But then, at the root of it, he's like wheeling and dealing. He's like trying to make a profit. He's trying to figure things out. He's pawn stars, you know. He's like, hey, what can we get? How can I make a deal? What can I do? God, you said that I would prosper, so bring it on. Bring it to me. And God, you don't want to look bad in front of all of these other gods. You know, like if you don't come through and you don't bless me, what's going to happen is all these people aren't going to worship you anymore. They're actually going to go start worshiping the wood god and the stone god and the god that's behind the scene. So God, you know, you better take care of Esau for me. Now what Jacob is doing, it sounds crazy. I mean, think about it. How can a person ever try to bargain with God? How can a person ever try to manipulate God? You ever do that? Sometimes I'm tempted to do that. What I call my faith, folks, sometimes is really just bargaining with God, my own kind of way to manipulate him so that I can get the blessing. Will you bless me? I call it faith, but it's more like my demands. Make my job better. Make my marriage better. Make my financial security better. And if you'll do that, God, then I'll do this. Now, Jacob has accumulated a bunch of stuff, but this becomes the question. All the stuff that he got, did it make him more confident? No. Did he walk through life with more ease? No. Was he more secure? No. Did his prayer life to God improve? No. You see, Jacob spent most of his life obsessing with, I need to be blessed, and whatever I'm blessed with, I've got to hold tightly. In Jacob, we find someone who was so obsessed with being blessed that he forgot the promise of God, the very first promise, when he said, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to others. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. And it goes right back to our big idea. God wants to bless you so that you can bless others. You see, here's the thing, folks. You can't have one without the other. You can't have one without the other. You can't be blessed by God, and I'm just going to keep it all to myself without choosing to be a blessing to somebody else. And Jacob didn't see this. Jacob walked through life with tunnel vision, which we do sometimes. And he's just walking through life, and he's like, whatever the blessing is, it has to be for me, and I'll just keep it for me. And this is where it's at, and it's all for me. Because when all we want is to be blessed by God, but we don't want to give it to anybody else, eventually what happens is fear and distress. Now, the question is, could Jacob have blessed someone? Yeah. 
He could have blessed his brother Esau instead of trying to take the inheritance. He could have made that relationship right. He could have blessed his wife Leah, who if you remember, she was the one that was not loved. It could have been half of the servants and half of the family. It's like, here's these two groups. He could have said, no, 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 I'll take the fall. I'll stand up first. It could have been a stranger he met. It could have been anyone. You see, Jacob misunderstood grace. Grace is true. You can't earn it. You can't fly straighter. It's a gift. It's just a simple gift given to you. But this is what's understood about grace, folks. Because God has given me this free gift that I'm totally forgiven, totally loved, totally blessed, because he's done that, I want to give that away to somebody else. I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. Paul, the guy who wrote close to half of the New Testament, put it this way in 2 Corinthians. He said, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be, what's it say? Generous on what? Every occasion. What this means is that the blessings of our life are not just for you, folks. My blessing is not just for me. The wealth that you have, the money that you have, the great job that you have, the great marriage you have, the great talents you have, the great gifts you have, are all so that you can help someone else to flourish. Folks, the jar exists not for people simply to come into this place and to attend. It doesn't exist for you to simply come in and to be blessed by some music and to be blessed, maybe by a teaching, maybe not. We'll wait and see, okay? To be blessed by fellowship with other people. But we exist to embrace the outcast, to encourage the broken, and to empower the poor. That's our DNA. We exist so that all of Muncie, Delaware County, and all of East Central Indiana will be able to be blessed and they actually flourish more because we're here. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I will bless you, God says, and you will be a blessing. I will bless you and you'll be a blessing. Folks, the God that we praise here, the God that we learn about here, the God that we experience through community and small groups and all those kind of things isn't teaching us simply to receive his blessing. He's teaching us and equipping us to give his blessing away. You know, since the very early days of the church, when we were meeting in homes, part of our DNA was we want to be able to do random acts of kindness to show extravagant love to people outside the walls of where we were at. When you only had a half dozen people, a dozen people, you didn't have a lot to do, but we just said that's going to be who we are. And we've continued to do that through who we are every single month. The second Saturday of every month, we do a thing called Serve Fest, where we go into the community and we give out cookies, we give out stuff. We want to show God's love. We want to bless others because of the blessing that he's given to us. No strings attached. Two times a month now, at the community basket, people are receiving hygiene and cleaning supplies. I mean, you know, there are... Dozens of people lining up an hour before outside our doors because they're like, hey, you've been blessed and now you're blessing me and we want to do that. And if you haven't participated or volunteered for that, do that. 
at East Washington Academy, we work with Second Harvest Food Bank. And one particular Wednesday a month, we actually pass out food to people who are in need. And so as a family, we've just decided, you know what, once a month as a family, we're going to commit to doing something outside ourselves. And so this past September, we did Surf Fest, and we went to the mall, and we passed out cookies. And always at the end, we have a couple left, and my daughters always go, can I have this one? I go, no! No, I'm joking. But this is what I started noticing this summer in my life. We were doing this as a family, but just as I would walk through my everyday life, I didn't have vision to see the needs of everyone and be a blessing for people. I was tunnel vision like Jacob. And so, about a month ago, I started praying this prayer every single day. God put one person in front of my path that I can show your love to. Maybe a little thing, it might be a big thing, it might be a middle thing. And I just started praying this. And it's so important for us to be a part of prayer. And coming up on Wednesday, we're going to have a prayer and worship night. The music that you heard today, we're going to be playing that kind of music and we're going to pray. You don't, you're not going to be praying out loud. You don't have to do that. But if you've never been a part of this, folks, you should do it this Wednesday. 6.30 at the church office, down in the basement that we've renovated, and we pray. And those kind of prayer things encourage me then to pray kind of the prayer that I started praying a month ago. God put one person in my path today that I can show love to. And so two weeks ago on a Tuesday morning, I was with a, a guy that I've been reaching out to is very far from God. And we're reading a book together. And uh, we're there, and all of a sudden, God opened a door. The server came to our table, and she got ready to pour his coffee, and she poured the coffee on her hand. And I got my napkins real quick, and I gave it to her, and she put it on her hand. She said, thank you so much. And luckily, you know, there wasn't a huge burn. And so she went and got our food, and she came back, and she spilled the milk all over the floor. Now, the first thought in my mind was, I'm glad she didn't spill it on me, okay? Because I have some Jacob in me, okay? And uh, she goes, guys, so sorry about this, just not my day. And still, I'm not looking at her at all for someone that I could share love with. I just look away from her, and I get ready to leave, and I'm walking out the door, and she said, hey, guys, could you pray for me? I just got Tabasco sauce in my eyes. And I'm with my buddy, and I feel this prompting from the Holy Spirit to actually go and to pray for her right then, but he's very far from God. He's not so open to the things of prayer, and I don't want him to feel uncomfortable. And guess what I did? Block, block! I chickened out. I didn't do anything. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll pray with you. And so later that morning, uh, in my prayer time, I pulled out my receipt, and I looked, and this, there was a name on it that said Carrie. And I was like, well, I said I would pray, and so I prayed, and I kind of did a prayer. And then all of a sudden, I felt like God said this to me, in my spirit, not audibly. You can do better than that. Go bless her more. I'm like, what? You can do better than that. Go bless her more. So I put this whole big candy package together, and I put a little 
free card in that you'll see, uh, that you'll get uh, when you leave today. And I went back to IHOP was where we were at. And so I went back to IHOP the next day and uh, the hostess was there and I said, hey, I wondered if Carrie's working today. And she said, no, she's not working today. Her daughter had a baby. It's her grandson is being born today. So she's not going to be there. And I said, oh, okay. She said, would you like me to leave a message? I was like, no, no, don't worry about it. And so I left. So I come back the next day, same hostess right there. I say, hey, um, you know, I uh, wondered if Carrie was here. And they're like, no, she's not here. But do you have a message or, you know, like you have something you want to tell us? We'll give it to her. I'm like, no, 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 no. And so I take a day off on Thursday and don't do anything. And uh, then Friday comes and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to waste my time going to IHOP because, you know, I'm so important, you know. And so I call on the phone and I say, hey, is Carrie working there today? And they, they said, yes, she's here. I said, oh, great, I've got something for her. Well, I don't know if this ever happens to your day or not. You have a great idea that you're going to do something, and then kids come in and marriage comes in and life just kind of happens. And the afternoon came, and I totally slipped it, just totally forgot. And then I looked at my phone, and there was a message that someone had called. I didn't know the number, and so I checked it. They left a voicemail. I picked it up. Hi, this is Carrie from IHOP. I don't know who you are. But people tell me that you've been here two times. And I'd really like to know what you want. So then I have this thought. Front of the paper, Jar Community Church Pastor, Stalker. So this last Friday, I got this little package of candy together, and I got there, and I go, is Carrie here? And the police didn't come out, so, you know. And they said, yeah, she's here. And so I went around, and uh, I said, hey, Carrie, I'm one of the guys that prayed for you, and I heard about that, and I'm praying, and so I want to give you this candy, and all of a sudden, it was like this look of shock, and almost tears started rolling down her face, and she got ready to walk away. And she said, oh, could you pray for my grandson as well? He's in the NICU. And we prayed. Now, here's the thing, folks. I have no idea what's going to happen with this relationship with Carrie. But this is what I do know. God blessed me to be a blessing to her. And today, God wants to make sure that you're being a blessing to someone else. You've already been blessed today. Now he wants you to be a blessing. And so how can you do that? And some of you might be asking that question. So in your program, we have a few things and we just want to give you a challenge as we're going through this particular teaching. It'll come up on the side screen. We'll pull them up. And here's the first one. Ways that you could bless others. You could take a coworker out to eat. It's not a huge thing. Just, hey, you want to go out to eat? You know, if you're a tightwad, take them somewhere cheap. You know what I mean? Or buy one, get one free. Two. Buy coffee for the person behind you. Some of you live at Starbucks. Why not just, you know, 
help someone that's behind you. Just buy them one. You might have to take out a loan, but nonetheless, go ahead. Number three, pay for the person behind you at a drive-thru. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you might want to say, how much does it cost, you know? I've done this before, and there was a family behind me. There were nine people in it. $26.73. McDonald's, how can you spend that much, you know? Had to give it to them. All right. Uh, take a bag of popcorn to a neighbor. People love popcorn this time of year. We had some kettle corn yesterday. Get your uh, child's teacher a gift certificate. My wife does this in the fall for all of her teachers. Not something real huge. Just a $5, $10 kind of certificate to them. Helps our kids' grades later on, too, but, you know, nonetheless. <laughs> just joking, just joking. And offer to babysit for a coworker or a neighbor. Somebody that you could just say, hey, I'll do that. And, uh, you know, that's a challenge, but it doesn't cost you anything. And then, finally, make up your own random act of kindness. And this is in your program. It's on the app. You can look at those, but pick one of those this week. And then, just like I did, have that free card, not because you're trying to say, hey, come to church. You're just saying, hey, you know what? Maybe they're wanting to receive the blessing from God, and so you give them a place to connect. And so I was thinking about some of our students this week, both students in college, high school, and uh, here's some things that I was thinking about that won't cost you uh, anything, okay? Here's the first one. Hold open the door for somebody. Rather than being the first one to, like, get there, you actually hold the door up and, like, hey, they can come in. The next one is give a compliment. I mean, what person who is a teenager or in college doesn't want to hear a compliment because all the time they're being compared to everything else. Like, wow, you look nice today. I didn't even think anyone noticed me. You know? Next one there. Um, you actually let someone go before you in line rather than elbowing them out of the way, you know, and giving bloody lips that you do that. You know, when I don't take risks to bless other people, folks, I lose confidence. But whenever I take risks to bless other people, I feel more alive. I feel more like my best self. I feel more joy. I feel more blessed when I step out and I bless others. So my question is, what is stopping you from doing that this week? What is stopping you from doing that this week? I mean, what would happen if 380 adults and kids that are here today and at the first celebration, if they went out and they blessed 380 other adults and kids, what would happen to our community if we did that? So I want to challenge you this week to take some time to bless someone. You'll get a free card when you leave today just as a way to connect them to the God who loves them. And when you do this, not only... Will you be giving a blessing to someone else, but you will be blessed by God yourself? Let's pray. God, I pray this week that you would help us to be a blessing to at least one other person. You don't call us to bless the entire world. You just call us to bless one. Help us, God, as we take this risk not to worry about how we'll be seen, a 
or what we might lose, but what we would actually gain if we blessed others. God, forgive us for the ways that maybe we've held so tightly to our stuff, tightly to our families, so tightly to accumulate what we have, that we've never given something away. And because of that, God, we lose confidence. God, we know ultimately that the ultimate blessing of all is not what you give to us, but is you yourself. You have given us so much, and we thank you, and we praise you for that. And we ask, God, that you would help us to always be confident this week in you as we bless others. Now, maybe you're sitting there today, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I've never made a decision to actually allow God to bless my life. I never thought I was good enough, or I never thought I came from the right way or I thought, man, I have to fly straighter or work harder. But God says today to you that I'll love you right where you're at. I want to bless you. I will bless you. And so if you're there today, all you need to do is be able to say, come to me, Jesus. And you come to him with all that you are, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is. And he says, I'll accept you, I'll receive you, I'll bless you, I'll transform you, I'll save you, I'll forgive you. So today, if you want to follow Christ for the first time or you want to recommit your life to him, I want to invite you to say this prayer after me. And it's not just a prayer that you have to say by yourself, but we say this in unity because no one ever prays alone at the jar. And so I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I surrender to you. Be the Lord of my life. Because you died for me, I choose to live for you. I want to be blessed so I can be a blessing. In Jesus' name. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody uh, who said this prayer today. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, we are very excited. We want to celebrate with you. So to my left and your right in the back corner, we have the accepted Christ table. We would love for you to stop by that table because we want to celebrate with you. And then also on the back of your connect card, if you can check the box that I accepted Christ today. Again, we want to celebrate with you. We're so excited for you. So if you can check that box, and then when the offering comes by here in a little bit, we'll drop that Connect card in. Which, speaking of, if you look at the screen, you'll see a picture of the Connect card. And we would love for you to pull that out this morning. It's in your program. And we would love for everybody here this morning to fill that out. Whether you've been coming for a long time or it's your very first time, we would love for you to fill that out. It does help us to get to know you a little bit better and keeps you up to date with things going on here at the JAR. So you can either fill this out, the one in your program, or you can download the JAR Community Church app. And you can fill it out there on well. So whether you are a tech person or you like filling things out the old-fashioned way, we really encourage you to fill out the Connect card so that we can get to know you a little bit better and then keep you up to date with things going on here at the jar which you can then drop by in the offering coming around here in just a second so i'm going to go ahead and invite the greeters to come forward 
and we're going to receive an offering this morning. This is your first time here at the jar. We don't want you to feel any pressure to give. We're not about pressuring people into doing anything, not about pressuring people into giving. For those that do call the jar home, we just ask that you give freely because God has given so much to us, and we want to give back to him. And this is just one way we can do that through our offering. So let's pray together over this offering this morning. Father, we're just so thankful that we can be here this morning, that we get to to worship you, God, and to worship with one another. Um, God, we just we thank you so much for all the things you you've put on our heart this morning. And God, we we pray that we're changed. We leave with changed hearts this morning. God, as we give this offering, we don't do it because we have to. God, we give it because we love you. We want to see lives changed through this and in our community. So God, just help us use this offering according to your will. And God, as we uh, leave here today, God, we just we just ask that you're with us, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is your first time here, or you've been coming a few weeks and you still haven't checked it out. Really want to encourage you to stop by the guest connections table. It's to my right, your left, in the back. Claire's at the table back there. We want to give you a free gift. We want to say we're excited that you're here. We want to welcome you here. So stop by that table this morning, um, just because we want we're, we're excited that you're here this morning. And we're excited that you've come to the jar. So we want to give you a free gift. Hopefully we can answer some questions if you have any questions about the jar. Uh, But definitely want to encourage you to stop by the guest connections table before you leave today. Also today we're having group connect. So all of the small groups that we have here at the jar are going to be meeting in the exercise room today from 12 to 1. And it's going to be a great way for you to get to meet some people, uh, meet some small group leaders, meet some people in small groups. We want to get you plugged into a small group. It's a great way uh, to be in community here at the jar. It's going to be in the exercise room. So if you go out of the gym, you stay in the left hallway, you go left, and then you'll take a left. If you just keep going left once you leave here this morning, you'll eventually get to the exercise room. Uh, but that's where it's going to be at. There's going to be lunch and child care provided, so you don't have to worry about any of that. So we definitely want you to be a part of that. If you're not plugged into a small group, it's something that's it's really cool. We see some great friendships, great community developed through that. So make sure that you go there today after you leave here uh, for the group connect so you can get to know some awesome people, a part of some awesome small groups. Also coming up this week, Chris mentioned it just a little bit ago, but we're going to have a prayer circle this Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30 at the JAR office space. Um, We value prayer so much here at the JAR, um, and we believe in its power. And there's going to be some worship. There's going to be time for prayer. We're never going to put you on the spot or make you feel uncomfortable. We want it to be a moment between you and God uh, to share with others as well. So you want to be there this Wednesday. It's going to be from 6.30 to 7.30 um, because God's going to do some awesome things in that time, um, both that night and after that, because we believe in the power of prayer. So make sure that you mark this Wednesday, uh, September 26th, from 6.30 to 7.30 uh, at the JAR office. And I don't know if you know this, but we're going to be having church at the Civic pretty much all the time coming up here real soon. Next, yeah, that's something to be excited about. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, next week, well, you'll like this if you like that. Next week, we're going to be having church at the Civic uh, as kind of a test run. I know we've done another one. We're going to do another test run there next week, if you want to call it that. So don't come here next week. Uh, go to the Civic. If you do come here, I'm sure somebody will be there uh, to tell you that you're in the wrong spot. But you want to go to the Civic next week. We're still going to have our normal uh, celebration times of 9 and 1045. Um, it's going to, if you don't know where the Civic's at, we're going to have some maps up here on the screen to kind of help you locate it. If you just drive around downtown for a while, I'm sure you'd find it too. Look for a marquee. But we'll put it up on the screen. Look at that. 
and it'll help you get there. Uh, if you have any questions, come find one of us. We'll help you explain it to you a little bit. It's on Main Street, if you didn't know that. But we definitely want you to be a part of that. So next week, we're going to have Church of the Civic gearing up for when we move there October 28th. So it's, it's really exciting. It's something that we're really excited about. I'm really excited about. So make sure that you come next week to the Civic, not to the Y. Because um, we're going we're gonna to have a party next week. It's going to be great. So now I'm going to go ahead and invite the prayer team up. Uh, if there's anything you would like prayer for, please feel free to come up. Again, if you accepted Christ today, go back to the accepted Christ table. We're very excited to celebrate with you. Thanks, Eric. Uh, if you would, please stand. Well, this week, be a blessing to someone. God has blessed you, and now he's calling you to be a blessing to someone else. Take a risk. Be confident. And then just watch what God does. And like Derek, Derek said, next week we'll be at the Civic. And it's the first time in the history of the jar I've ever asked you to do this. Don't invite a new person next week. Because we may not do it perfectly next week, okay? But this is what you do. If you want to invite someone, invite them to October 28th. Because that's when the grand opening is going to be. And we're going to see God work in a great way uh, in that space just like he has here. So have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place. If you could, pick up a chair and uh, go that way. That would help us. Thanks, everybody.